I want to introduce a good friend of mine. She's been a friend for, what, four years now, I guess. Um, her name is Sally Schiff, and she is um, a missionary uh, to Israel and has been living in Israel for 11 years now, I believe. So she did Aliyah 11 years ago from this country and uh, has been living in a, in a city called Kafar Saba. And it is just so astounding what God is doing in this world. I know, you know, we don't get to see it much. We don't get to see it often. But when you look to Israel for the first time, in 2,000 years, Jewish believers in Yeshua and Jesus are multiplying very, very quickly, exponentially, in the land of Israel. It's been over 2,000 years since we've seen that on the face of this earth. Praise God. That's all I have to say. Um, Sally is what we would call an associate or assistant pastor uh, to a, a congregation called Kahalit. Yeah, there you go. There goes my Hebrew. <laughs> it's called Wellspring Congregation is what it's called. And it's made up of about 250 um, Jewish believers in Jesus. They don't use the word Christian, by the way. And they don't use the word pastor. And they don't use a lot of the words that we normally use in the Western church. And there's a reason for it. And the reason is very straightforward. The people they are ministering to, the Jewish people, have a very negative idea of Christians and of pastors and missionaries and all that sort of thing. And the reason for that is very straightforward. I mean, if you look at their history, persecuted at the hands of Christians throughout Europe for hundreds, thousands, over a thousand years. Um, the Crusaders, when they first, the first crusade, when they went into, into the Holy Land and they went to Jerusalem, they took all the Jews they found in Jerusalem and they put them in the synagogue there and they lit it on fire and they went around the synagogue singing Christian songs as all those people burned. The, the programs, the Holocaust, the... Um, Inquisition, all those things were the church, Christians, um, <laughs> destroy, trying to destroy the Jews. So to have what now amounts to about 30,000 believers in Yeshua, Jewish believers, in Israel is astounding. It's an astounding thing. And um, I know Sally's going to talk more about everything else, but... Just uh, welcome her and bless her because the work she's doing there and the work that all those believers are doing in, in Israel is God's heart for the Jewish people. Absolutely. I know it's his heart for every person in this world, but it's especially his heart for his chosen people. So without further ado, this is Sally Schiff. The United States where English is your first and only language. And uh, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm 
chugging along if I speak Hebrew to you a little bit because my, my languages are kind of mixed up. Someone said to me, well, what languages do you speak? And I said, currently none. <laughs> but uh, no, I, first of all, I, I want to thank you very, very much for being here. Thank you for the snow. We don't have snow in Israel. Well, maybe in Mount Hermon and a little bit in Jerusalem, but not, not where I'm from. And I like snow from a distance, <laughs> like in a movie. So um, I, I appreciate the snow you guys brought today. I thank you very much. Of course, the glory goes to God. Um, uh, your pastor was kind enough to give me six hours. Is that okay? Paul, yeah. You know, I sit there and I, 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 I read that, you know, the, remember the story of Paul, how he was speaking and the guy died and he picked him back up and he continued talking? Don't worry, I'm not like that. Kind of. A little bit about myself. I am from Tucson, Arizona. I was born and raised in Tucson. I was born and raised in a very... Uh, deep Jewish culture. My grandfather founded a synagogue in Long Island and also in Tucson, Arizona. I was raised thinking that everybody old was Jewish because that's how I was raised. We didn't have Christmas. We didn't have, uh, we didn't have Easter. We had Passover. We had Rosh Hashanah. We thought, I'm not kosher. We thought that, you know, pork at half price was wonderful. So thank you very much during Easter. Um, and um, I was completely raised in the Jewish environment. Um, most of my family, if not all, except for my two grandmothers that passed on, do not know Jesus, uh, Jesus or Yeshua. Yeshua is his Hebrew name. Um, so I'll go back and forth on that. Um, in 1980, um, I was a student at the University of Arizona. Um, I think we're not doing well in football. We never have been. Um, and I found myself, I wanted to know more about God, but I found myself starting to be surrounded by a bunch of Christians. Um, navigators, Campus Crusade for Christ, um, athletes in action. And I kept on saying to them, you know, they're like, oh, you got to know Jesus. And I'm like, don't be offended by this. Jesus saves, Moses invests. I'm going to stick with Moses. I also said Adonai Echad, which means God is one, and I'm fine with that. But what I started recognizing is that there was something different in them. There was something, there was a peace, a shalom that you learned, and I'm going to teach you a little bit more Hebrew, and it's going to be awesome because you get to see how deep the language is. But I started seeing that there was something very, very different in them. And just like Max said, I had to go through all of the things that happened to us in our history. Because as a Jew, you are ingrained with what happened to us as Jews. You are ingrained. In fact, The Merchant of Venice, a Shakespeare play, is about a Jewish merchant. You are ingrained that the Nazis actually wore a cross and they killed in the name of Jesus. So how can I go against my family? How can I go against my rabbi? But yet, 
how do I, how do I understand this peace that you all have? And by the way, if you've ever read Romans 9, 10, and 11, that was exactly going on. Because it's the Christians that bring the Jews to jealousy. What are we jealous of? We're jealous of your peace. Okay? We don't have that. We think we have that, but we don't have that. So finally, after a year and a half of, it takes us a while, we don't get it. I mean, I don't understand how you guys get it in a day. Someone says, here's the gospel, Jesus died, he rose, for, rose on the grave for your sins, and you get it. <laughs> and us, it's like, what? Finally, after a year and a half, and remember that scripture that the veil is over our eyes and our hearts, but finally, after a year and a half, something started happening to me. And my friends, in fact, I thought all of the University of Arizona, about 30,000 people, were now all Christians coming after me. <laughs> because that's what God does. When the hound of heaven wants your number, he will send you everybody, including a donkey. And finally, after about a year and a half, I was sitting at uh, McHale Center where our basketball team was, was playing, and I was sitting there in the, in the seat or in, in a, under a tree, and I said, okay, I'm, I had it. If Jesus is your son, I'm done with playing poker. If Jesus is your son, then show me. And all of a sudden, it started raining. And where I was, and I didn't have an umbrella because there was no rain expected that night, where I was, there was a mist, but out here, there was a torrential downpour. And everywhere I walked for the next 20 minutes around the University of Arizona campus, there was the downpour, here was the mist. I was not under a tree, I didn't have an umbrella, but that got my attention. You have to be stupid not to get that attention. <laughs> the next morning, it was, a, it was a, what we call a dead day. A dead day is when you have a time to study or sleep. Depends on who you are. And my friend came in and she said, well, what happened? And I told her what happened the night before. And she said, she said Sally, I, I said, you know, I, I, think I, need, I, I think I need to pray your prayer. But I have to be a closet Christian because... Everybody knows me in Tucson. My family was one of the founding families in Tucson, so I have to be a closet Christian. I, and she goes, okay. And so we prayed. And, I, and Tucson is surrounded by mountains. And I looked up after the prayer, praying the sinner's prayer, and I said, Val, I can move those mountains. And she said, what? I said, I can move those mountains. And little did I know, two weeks later, there's a scripture that says, if you have a faith like the grain of a mustard seed to say this mountain, be thou removed and cast in the sea, it'll happen. Well, that closet Christianity stuff lasted 90 seconds. <laughs> and I, to this day, can't shut up. Because I can't describe it and those of you who know what I'm talking about, there is something that bursts inside of you when you find out who Jesus the Messiah is. And that's exactly happened to me. And 
There is a scripture that says Jews look for signs and Greeks look for wisdom. And that's exactly what happened to me because that was a huge sign. And with that sign, I thought I was the only one. Again, remember, I was surrounded by Gentiles, so I thought I was the only one. And so what happened was is that I couldn't contain this joy, but the, my journals were, were my, were my lifeblood because I just I couldn't contain it. But as God began to grow in my life and in my heart, I started discovering that there's more people like me, more Jews around me, not as many as when I'm about to tell you about on my way to Israel. But I want to talk to you about a scripture that God gave me this morning for you. I believe for you. And so it's in Hosea 2, 14 through 23. And I have a small carry Bible that wish I wish was bigger in version. But it says here, Behold, I will allure her and will bring her into the wilderness and speak comfort to her and give her vineyards from there and the valley of Achor, the door of hope. And she shall sing there and the days of her youth and the days when she came up from the land of Egypt. And it shall be on that day that you will call me husband and no longer master. For I will take from her the mouth the names of the Baals, Baals is um, uh, demons or gods other than Elohim, other than the Lord God himself. And they shall be remembered by their name no more. And on that day I will make a covenant for them with the beasts of the field and the birds of the air, with the creeping things of the ground. And I will betroth you, I'm now down to 19, and I will betroth you to me forever. Yes, I will betroth you to me. How important is Israel? I believe that Israel is probably the most important thing in God's eyes. It's called the apple of God's eye. She is called the apple of God's eye. Now, let me explain something. If you remember, Jacob was named Israel. His name was changed to Israel. Jacob means deceiver, right? Okay. And Israel means um, um, wrestling with God and prevailing. Wrestling and prevailing. Okay. For those, how many people have come to Israel before? Okay. Now, they say Israel is the land of milk and honey and it's wonderful and everything like that. Has it been your experience when you come to Israel that everything is tiptoe through the tulips and the people are wonderful? Not mine either. In fact, people tell me, well, is it safe? I say, yes, it's safe. In fact, it's safer in Israel than it is in the United States. I only worry not about the bombs. I worry about the drivers. Okay? Because we have some crazy drivers. Sometimes we're Jacob in Israel. In other words, we have a long way to go before we can receive the king. Let me say that again. Just like here in the United States, there's two things that are arising. One of the things that is arising is, I have to say evil. I mean, I read the newspapers 
both here in the United States and what's going on in Israel. And I am, quite frankly, shocked at the decorum that is quickly leaving our nation. I'm also shocked at the, at the decorum that is quickly leaving Israel. As I am speaking, there's already been, uh, this weekend, there's already been a couple of stabbings. Uh, down, down in our Negev area, which is the desert, desert is not like this, in the desert, the whole place is burned because we have some people down south that they take these Molotov cocktails and they stick them to a kite and it floats on over to the nation of Israel and it hits the kibbutzim where there is children and there is people living, including my family. My family lives a kilometer away, which is 2.2 miles from Gaza. And my cousins, I'll tell you a quick story about them. One day, she was sitting, my cousin uh, Ilana was sitting in the, in the couch. Her husband, Shachar, was um, doing some dishes. He happened to lean down from doing the dishes, and all of a sudden, a rocket fell. And our rockets, the rockets that they give us, that they're so nice to launch over to us, come with shrapnel. And all of a sudden, the whole kitchen blew out. Now, my cousins are atheists. Most, or 70% of the Jews in, in Israel are what we call secular Jews, or they don't necessarily believe in God. And that's where I was, too. Remember, God's working miracles. Anyway, the whole kitchen blew out. She's watching the whole thing, kind of like in a surreal time. Have you ever been in an, in an accident, and you're seeing the whole thing, you're experiencing the whole thing, and it's just kind of surreal? She's watching this whole thing. Her husband, Shachar, was not hurt. The whole kitchen was blew out. You should have seen the microwave. And she stood, she said, she said, does this, okay, doesn't. Anyway, just imagine I'm sitting down. She said, I stood up and I checked myself. She said, I was okay. And she said, you know what, Sally? There is a God. God uses hardship in our lives to bring us closer to him. Sad to say, but true. And he is using the hardship in Israel's lives to bring her closer to him. And I believe that with all of my heart, and it's because of you and your prayers. That pray for the peace of Jerusalem, let me give you a little bit of Hebrew in that. It does not say pray for the peace of Jerusalem. It does not say, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. It says, the actual Hebrew says, She'elu Yerushalayim. She'elu is the word ask about or inquire about. Now let me give you the difference. What's your name? Jeremiah. Jer can I just touch you? Yep. Okay. So pray for the peace of Jerusalem. says, hey, Jeremiah, God bless you. See you later. Okay? That's what praying for, pray for the peace of Jerusalem means. But She'elu Yerushalayim, the words that God uses is, Jeremiah, tell me about your day. How is your family? How can I pray for you? Tell me all about your life. In other words, it's deeper. It's richer. It's relationship. 
If you really want to know the truth of what's happening in Jerusalem, what's happening in Israel, and I would submit to you what's happening in the United States, is that there's a division taking place between relationship with God and religion. Relationship is being torn apart. Forgive me for bringing politics in, but relationship is being torn apart between the Democrats and the Republicans. Relationship is being torn apart between the older generation and the younger generation, between families. Religion is setting in. We've always done it this way. Do you remember that story, some of you probably know it, where this granddaughter, she was making this roast, and she cut the, side of, she cut the end of the roast, the butt of the roast off. So her daughter is saying, why are you doing that? She goes, I don't know, mom did it. So they go back to mom, why did you do it? I don't know, grandma did it. So they go back to the grandma, they said, why did you do it? She said, the pan was too small. <laughs> That's religion. Religion says, I cannot come to Jesus because my family was killed in the Holocaust. And God says, no, I want you to come to Jesus to learn about forgiveness, to learn about love, to learn about healing, and to understand what it means that though, oh, wait a minute, let's go to Hosea 6. God's word is so amazing. Come, let us return to the Lord, for he has torn us. He has torn us, but he will heal us. He has stricken, but he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us, and on the third day, he will raise us up that we may live in his sight. Let us know, let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. His going forth is established, is in the morning. He will come to us like rain, like the latter and, later, latter and former rains of earth. Who tore us? Was it ourselves? It was God. He has torn us that he would heal us. That word torn actually in Hebrew is ketsef. And ketsef is that whipped cream that you get on those frappuccinos. Okay? And how much effort has to be put in that whipped cream or pumpkin pies? How much whipped cream has to be put in effort to make it whipped? Do you, does your life sometimes feel like you're, that you've been so whipped that hard that you cannot come back? He has torn us that he may heal us. My people have been torn so much that it's time for healing. You know, it's funny, when, when Max was talking about our history, we've summed it up in three sentences. They tried to kill us. They lost. Let's eat. <laughs> right? Have you ever been to a Jewish feast? 
Let me tell you the difference of a wedding because really this is what a wedding is all about. It's the wedding between the bride and the bridegroom. And aren't we the bride? So let me explain to you a little bit about a Jewish wedding, okay? A Jewish wedding in the United States is very simple. You watch two people get married and then you have a chicken dinner, (laughs) right? Okay? Sometimes without skin, usually white meat, a little bit of gravy. In Israel, you start out with about 10 stations of food just to come in. And those food is like you, a full meal. That's just to enter in. Then you come to the wedding, and everybody is cheering and dancing. The husband says to the wife, If I forget thee, O Jerusalem, may my right hand be cut off. And then he breaks the glass. And then comes the next portion of food. And that's usually the salads, like chicken and fish, a little bit of salads, okay? And then after you're done with that, comes the main meal. That's usually steak, lamb. And then when you're all done with that, comes the tray of desserts, okay? Usually you can't make it to the tray of desserts. I'm telling you, when the feast of the lamb comes, it says we're going to have choice food. We're going to have choice food. When Jesus came back after when he was in the 50 days and the, and, the, and, the, and the disciples were out and they were fishing, do you know what he was doing on the banks of the, of the Canaret or the Sea of Galilee? He was having a barbecue. It says in one portion, it says he was having a barbecue. Though he has torn us, he is healing us. And that's exactly what's happening in Israel. Max talked, Max stole my thunder. Sorry, Max, you stole my thunder. In 1948, when Israel became a nation, in 1948, when Israel became a nation, there was 29 known believers in Jesus, Jewish believers in Jesus. In 1980, there was 250. Everybody knew each other, invited to the weddings. Today, there's 30,000. If you do the math, even if you came from public school, that's a lot of people. Okay? And if you do the math, that means a lot more is coming. Because it's time. Now, what is your role? Your role is to pray for us. Your role is to come to Israel. Your role is to be, make us jealous. Your role is not to be Jewish. We already know about that. It's not fun. We have a lot of holidays. Your role is to love us. Your role is to... Love us in spite of us. To love us in spite of us. Because sometimes we're Jacob. Sometimes we're Jacob. Have you ever heard of that term, anti-Semitism? Okay. I got to be honest with you, sometimes we deserve it. But in that same, in that same phrase, I as a Jew want to apologize to you because we're Jacob. Jacob. 
And I want my people to come home. I want my family to come home. And if we have offended you in any way, shape, and form, I want to represent my nation and say I'm sorry. Because we don't understand grace. We still live under the eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Though he has torn us, he will heal us. Now I want, hopefully, that you not only look to Israel and just say Israel, but you also look to yourself and say, okay, God, if you have torn me, can you heal me, please? And healing doesn't come with a Band-Aid. A Band-Aid is just something just to cover it. Healing is deep. There's a deepness. Isaiah 61 says, well, let me read it. We have a, we have a song that is so amazing that my pastor wrote, and I'm gonna t- I promise you I'm going to tell you about my, 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 my group, my, my, my congregation. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. We need to be set free. We need to be set free. You, uh, um, forgive me, but y'all need to be set free too. Okay? My mom is from Minnesota. My dad is from New York, which means I tell it like it is, and then I apologize later. <laughs> but now I'm from Israel, so I don't apologize. So I'm just saying that please identify with us because God wants you to identify with the nation of Israel. He wants to tear you so that he can heal you. He wants to raise you up on the third day. He wants you to be set free. He wants your children to come to know him. He wants your family members to come to know him. He wants you to get closer to him. He wants you to, if, you, if religion is what you enjoy, he wants you to get out of religion and back into relationship. And relationship is awesome. He gives you snow when he knows you like snow. And thankfully, it's only for one day. And then I can fly home to Israel. I've already sent pictures. Don't worry, I've already sent pictures to them. In, 2000 and, in 2006, and, and I, it, I'm, I've been a believer now for 37 years, and in 2006 or 2005, my friend said, hey, can you come to uh, Europe with me because I'm going to be a missionary in Holland, and at that time you could have two suitcases. You take one suitcase and I'll take the other, and then we'll drop our suitcases off and go visit. I have a degree in history. My degree is forte in World War II, and I've never really been in Europe. So when I go to Europe and I see the effects of World War II, it's pretty shocking to me because it hits home. Well, I was far away from that, but, but, but I went with her, and in that time, I went to a museum, and unbeknownst to me, there was a whole exhibit on the concentration camp. As a Jew, it hits it. And I started looking around to the people in Harlem or in, 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 in Amsterdam, and I kept on wondering who, what, what do they do? And God began to stir my heart about Israel. 
And please understand, ready for this, I came from a replacement theology church. I was saved in a replacement theology church, which means Israel doesn't matter. I had to learn how to do a Christmas tree. I don't understand how you guys do it. That's the tinsel. I couldn't do it. I didn't ever had a Hanukkah bush. It was like, what? A tree? Okay. And someone said to me, in fact, Corey Ten Boom. Do you know who Corey Ten Boom is? I went to her place. I love her. I got to read all of her books, and now I'm in her place. I was so excited that I could only go to the Dutch translation of, her, of the museum because I couldn't wait. And in the, in the library or in the living room, the docent, the, the, the woman that was speaking there, she was also not ashamed to speak the truth. And she said, for those of you who are Christians and don't pray for Israel, I question if you're a Christian. And my friend is kicking me under the table as she's translating to me. And for those of you who are Jews who believe in Jesus, I question your faith if you're not going to Israel. She kicked my shin pretty hard that day. So I decided to go to, 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 to Israel for a week to get the t-shirt, because every good Jew should. And I go there, and I go to the Western Wall. I was so pompous. To tell you how pompous I was, when I landed in Ben-Gurion, I said to God, there is a lot of Jews here. <laughs> In fact, right now, there's over six, seven million Jews. And he said, yeah, and you're going to learn to love them. This is how pompous I was. Well, you better hurry up, because I hate them right now. That's how much God had stripped my identity from me. Two days later, I was at a, I was at a prayer meeting, and I was on the floor, and I was not worshiping God. I was arguing with him. And I said to him, how can, why can't you save them? They know Hebrew. Why can't you save them? They're at the Western Wall. Why can't you save them? And he said to me, I can, but the last state would be worse than the first because there's nobody to disciple them. So I said to him in my pompous attitude, then send somebody. <laughs> and six months later, I moved to Israel. And that was 11 years ago. And it's been the best thing that's ever happened to me. Because indeed, Israel is the promised land. Let me tell you something. If you learn anything from me today, learn that the promises of God, no matter if they were written 7,500 years ago, that's impossible because it's only 5,700 years. If they were written, written 2,000 years ago or 750 years before that is in Isaiah, they are yes and amen for you. So if God has called you to a call, it's your responsibility to say yes, but watch out because when you say yes, he says, now let's start working. And he does. I'm going to leave on one last thing, and it's a little bit of Hebrew. Ready? It's so cool. Isaiah 9-6, we're entering into the, the Christmas season. You guys are already there with the snow. So let's go to Isaiah 9-6, okay? Isaiah 9.6, just for your information, for those of you who don't have it on electronic phone, says um, the wonderful counselor, let me move to it. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful, comma, 
counselor, comma, mighty God. And it goes on. Now, I've heard a lot of people say, wonderful counselor, comma. So let me tell you what wonderful really means, that wonderful. That word means Pele. And that word is only used once. And it, it means astonishing miracle that could never happen again. Astonishing miracle that could never happen again. Brings a whole new meaning just to the word wonderful counselor. So when you're entering into this season, think about that. Because God thinks of the Messiah, our Messiah, amazingly. Now, we're a small congregation. We're, um, we wish we were 250, but we're actually about 150, made up of 20 different nations. In fact, I'm going to introduce you to my pastor. If you want to show that video, he does it so much better than me. So this is a little bit about Hamayan, and then I'll be right back. is based on Isaiah chapter 61 verse 1 to 3 where it says that the Spirit of the Lord is upon us to bring the good news to the poor, to bind the brokenhearted, to set the captives free and bring the acceptable year of grace and compassion. Our community is an Hebrew-speaking congregation, Israeli-speaking congregation. Uh, we have Sabra Israelis, uh, but also more than 20 different languages represented here with all the new immigrants that came fulfilling the prophecy of the scriptures. So by the grace of God, we were, uh, we were supplied with a few floors of a, a building in the industrial area for Saba. In this building, we are uh, seeking to express different ministries of the congregation. We have a meeting hall for worship and the teaching of the Word of God. Uh, we have a youth center, uh, children's ministry. Uh, we have creativity and healing ministry, center for distribution of uh, food and clothing for the poor and the needy and the new immigrants from the top uh, a roof that is uh, dedicated for 
the celebration of the feast, the feast of the Lord, and also intercession as we are standing just at the green line of 1967 with uh, the Palestinian uh, autonomy. So we, we love to have intercessors who come and pray and stand in the gap. We believe that every need that a person has can be met through Yeshua and through the ministry of his disciples and his children to the lost world. The congregation is not an organization, but it's a family. And our desire is for every person to know that they are loved unconditionally and that God has a plan and purpose for their lives as He created them in His image. Tel Aviv, I was, and I was here enjoying the potential of snow, and um, we were feeding the homeless down in South Tel Aviv. We have a number of, a number of homeless down there. We work, um, in fact, in the back there, there is a brochure about us, um, along with all of our, um, all of our ministries that we have. Um, we are actually working on, on outreaching to or, or focusing on two of our ministries. You'll see that back there. Um, if you want to join us, the Outreach for Evangelism or our next generation. We absolutely believe in our next generation. Um, also, I have a book that I brought that Tony wrote, my pastor wrote, and it's called The Mystery of Israel in the Church. Because I have so much more to say, but I'm going to stop. I know, you're going, wow, thanks. Because it's, you know, <laughs> but um, um, he really explains well about who Israel is and the mystery of the church. I have it back there. In my heart, they, these usually sell for $10, and they go to our congregation. Um, but I am not here to, you know, to say support me or donate me or whatever, because I, 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 I follow the cloud. I don't follow the money. It's more important to me that you get this in your hands. And so if you want to donate, there's a donation box back there. That would be awesome. We would appreciate it. But if you don't have the money and you just need the book, please take it. Because that to me is far more part. Knowledge is power. I have it in English and French. <laughs> One in French. Anybody speaks French? Um, but our ministry, in fact, I, I spend a wonderful time talking to Paul. I look forward to what God has in store for both of us. When people come to Israel, most of the time they come on tours. And I, I actually talked to somebody and he goes, oh, I'm so excited, I've been to Israel 33 times. And I'm like, well, did you ever meet any of the Messianic believers or go to any of the congregations? No. People were alive there, where there's 30,000 of us. I'm your hands and feet, you know? I have a gal that, that uh, I, have a, I have a wonderful dog, and I have a next-door neighbor who is not saved, and she became good friends with my dog, and she now dog sits for me. And she went from atheist. She goes, you don't mind getting to know an atheist because my house sits... You, you know, sometimes the people say, if, your ho if you, someone walks into your house, will they know what you believe? They have no problem, <laughs> okay? There's chicken soup in the, no, I'm kidding. Um, 
Anyway, so she walks in, she goes, is, is, is it okay if I'm atheist? I'm like, yeah, cool, it's all right. The other day, she said to me, she goes, I want to make a statement. And I said, okay. I believe in God. I'm like, good. Awesome. Because it's our life. It's our life. I live in a city no bigger than, I don't know, Inglewood or something like that, probably 100,000 people. I'm in the middle of the city. I have a guest house next to me just in case any of you want to come. And I'm more than welcomed. I would love to receive you. Our congregation would love to receive you. We're working on becoming partners together so that you have hands and feet there. It's relationship. It's relationship. I'm turning it over to you. Let me grab a microphone. Uh, please. Oh, it's on. It's on. Okay. Um, please do stop at the table. And if the Lord moves your heart, she she um, is self-funded to go out and do this. She um, so please visit the table. If the Lord leads you to be generous, um, do that. Um, there's a box there where you can bless her. And I've asked um, Pastor Sally's permission to, um, to speak a blessing. And she said she'd love that. If you don't mind, after I pray for you, would you speak a blessing over I would us love as well? That. Okay, because I'll just say one thing that I believe um, is that one reason that he has us go is because we're not supposed to close in the walls, in, into our own walls. And do you know that the way the anointing of the Lord works, God does not grant anointing because he ever means for it to be something that stops at you. Or that or, um, he, he does not give his anointing because it's something that he wants you to possess. He, he, you know, you've heard me talk about this before. He honors, he loves you. And every, do you know that every single one of you have an anointing of the Holy Spirit on your life for the purposes yeah. of the kingdom of God? Yeah. You know that, right? And do you know that he gives you that anointing because he means for you to spread it? He wants to build the kingdom of God in you. He wants to, in other words, increase himself in you so that then you go and you pass on that anointing to other people. That's how he expands his kingdom. And that's why I'm so thankful that Pastor Sally is with us today. I firmly believe, and I, I invite you to agree, <laughs> I firmly believe that the, uh, there's an obvious anointing here, right? And I firmly believe that she's standing here today as a gift in the kingdom of God. There's a unique, powerful anointing of God here, and we want some of it, don't we? So, <laughs> so I've asked her to bless us back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless her, and, and I guess I, I just believe with all humility that there's an anointing here, and we hope to send some of it with with Amen. her. But I mean, I'm just, boy, just selfishly just being transparent here who I am. We want some of that. <laughs> so um, 
So I'm I'm just gonna pray now. Is it okay if I place oh, yeah, my yeah, hands yeah, on yeah, you? Absolutely. Okay, I'm just gonna pray, and there may be times. Just be comfortable in silence with me, because I'm gonna be listening for the Holy Spirit in this. I just I don't want to just say some words. I want to send her with the blessing God's plan for her this morning. So I might just be quiet during parts of this. Okay, so Father God, we thank you. We thank you so much for the gift of Sally and what and um what she and her congregation and her pastor are uh, producing for your kingdom, the way your kingdom is advancing in Israel and, yes, in Father. fact, around, around the world. Yes, we claim your promise that through Israel the whole world would be blessed, yes, and we thank you that that is what Pastor Sally is doing. She's spreading blessing mm. to the world because you promised it would come through Israel. Mm. And Father, we just now we ask for your blessing. Yes. What is your blessing that you want to send? Okay, I'm seeing rain. So in the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus, we declare that in a, uh, an anointing of the Spirit would even be increasing. Yeah. That, that rain is increasing in the ministry that he's put in your heart, in the kingdom within yeah. you, that, that a rain that is already raining, that is beginning to pour in the strong name of Jesus, Amen. that uh, it's increasing, and the fruit that is already being produced, that it is going to increase that it's increasing even right now. It's already been increasing, but we pray that there's an outpouring and an increase that even blows away what you've seen mm. in the name of Jesus. We just agree that this is what heaven wants over Amen. your ministry in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Um, Genesis 12:3 says, I will bless those who bless you, and he's speaking about Abraham coming into Israel. I will bless those that bless you, and I will curse those who curse you, and in your families of the earth, you sh in, you, in you the families of the earth shall be blessed. As a daughter of Israel, as a daughter of the Jewish nation, I want to bless you with every spiritual blessing. The Aaronic blessing says, may the Lord bless and keep you, Make his face shine upon you and grant you peace. There are some of you, and forgive me for being bold, but there are some of you who are experiencing a need for healing, physical healing in your body. And I'm not going to call you out or anything like that, but if you believe God that he could heal you, put your hand where it belongs in that healing and ask him to heal you because he's a God of healing. He's a God of blessing. He's a God of restoration. He's a God of love and he's a God of joy. And he wants to bring that to you. He wants to bring that to this church. There is new life coming to this church. Earlier when I was praying uh, with Paul, Pastor Paul, Paul, Rabbi, Reverend, anything. Um, we call our prime minister by his first name. So we're very, you know, Bibi. I saw the growth of the grass as it's coming up because he wants to do something great in this church. So pray for your pastor. Pray for the people who are about to come. Pray for the next generation coming in 
because there is the spirit of God here. And I am humbled to be here. I am humbled, and God, I'm asking you to bless them. I'm asking for healing and restoration, and I'm also asking for a financial blessing. Those that are seeking financial blessing, ask of God because he wants to give it to you. Father, I thank you for that. I thank you for each and every one of them. B'Shem Yeshua, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.